You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another episode of the X Man podcast. I'm your host, Doc Coyle. I uh, greet you from sunny and very hot Las Vegas, Nevada. I am here with uh, John and Max from Bad Wolves, and we're writing tunes for the next Bad Wolves album, even though our last record is not even a year old. Actually, not even, yeah. I don't know, like eight months old, maybe. And uh, yeah, we, we it's some some serious days out here. Uh, we pretty much go. I, we did this like a month ago. We do six days, no days off, <laughs> uh, from like eleven to seven every day, and it's pretty. Uh, it it whoops your ass, you know, because just being kind of locked in and and concentrated and and really gripped into work uh, for that for those that time. But it's it's cool. It's an interesting process, you know. I think that. When you start getting to that third record, fourth record, fifth record, uh, and you've done a lot, and you're trying to uh, a understand and pay homage to what the band is, but also stretch yourself creatively, it's it's a process, you know, and and uh, it's been stressful and emotional and fun and exciting, but also like I think it's that thing where you get the more you get into it, you start kind of finding all kinds of new and interesting stuff. So I, you know, I can't really speak to what, what it'll be, you know, because I, I still feel like we're, we're pretty early in, in the process, but it's, it's a tough thing, you know, to try and be in there and go, you know, and not try and think about a listener, you know, and just write for yourself. And especially when you, you know, you got three people and people who are not in that room who might have an opinion on what you're doing. And figure out what exactly you want. So, uh, but it's been fun. We got some. We got some jams. I will. I will tell you that. But it's been a. It's been a kind of difficult time for me lately. I've. I've been dealing with some depression. If I'm. If I'm being honest. And, you know, I think there's, you know, not that I'm. I'm speaking. Saying this from a clinical or any level of expertise, but that I think you know, for me at least, or what I kind of understand is there's kind of two kinds of depression. There's the one that's chemical and kind of not necessarily out of your control, uh, in your control without um, some medication, something like that, or, you know, the type of depression that is really pertaining to what's going on in your life. And it, in many ways, it's a, it can be a wake up call, you know, that you maybe need to do some, emotional mental house cleaning and kind of figure out where you're at and that's what th this kind of experience has has been and, and for me it's kind of periodic depending on what's what's going on and it's interesting because I feel like I'm in a place now that in many ways is similar I think to some of my times in, in God forbid where I think the environment 
that Bad Wolves is in and that's being created is in a weird way is something I I was wasn't looking for. You know, because at the time Bad Wolves kind of took off. It was actually at a time when I didn't really I wasn't putting a lot of uh gravity into like having to make it as a musician. And it kind of happened without uh too much crazy effort on, on my part, if I'm being honest. And uh in a weird way, we've had to, Bad Wolves has now had to fight for our career in a way that's very um, grueling. You know, it's been a, it's been a slog. And I, and I think that puts me in a, in a weird headspace where I'm like, I want to make everything work out. And so I just work and work and work and burn myself out trying to like solve everything. And I can do it, you know, there's this kind of like Superman mentality about, I got this, I'm going to work so hard that I can't be stopped. Um, but unfortunately, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a fallacy built in that, which is A, that we can control everything, especially when it's about, you know, it's a collective, right? A band is a collective, there's only so much one person can do. Um, and also, you can't control, I can't control the fans or I can't control, you know, you can't make things happen, you know, the, you know, sometimes. And so I think there's, there's this, uh, almost like Buddhist type of mentality about the way through is to not try right to like the, the way to happiness is actually to not get caught up in desire. You know, and so I think a lot of times when I'm like in that mode and I'm grinding and I'm making things happen, I'm hyped up. It's very, it is ego oriented and ego driven uh, because you need that person, that that ego who believes in the impossible to kind of drive the ship. But I noticed that it was making me, I started to feel really disconnected from family, from friends. I still kind of feel disconnected. Um and everything becomes about ambition and work and doing uh, some kind of far off great thing. Everything has this broader purpose. And I feel like it, it really, it has these diminishing returns because then all of your happiness uh, revolves around other outside validation, right? It's like, oh, because you work so hard to get this goal, if the goal doesn't come true, then you're not going to be happy, you know? And so I don't know, I'm, I'm in this like reevaluation process of going, I don't want to make the same mistakes I made before in life, you know? So, you know, I've, I've uh, taken a step back from drinking. Not that I think drinking was my main problem, but I think I need, it's, I need, I need an extra bit of clarity, um, and kind of, you know, drinking is a great way to not have to deal, you know, and I got to deal, you know, I got to be a little uncomfortable, you know, but I already feel better, even though that there, it comes with kind of this requisite anxiety and kind of like, you know, these other emotions, you know, that are kind of, and that, that's kind of like enveloping through like our writing process, for example, you know, this, uh, you know, writing is so, writing music is so personal you know, and it's like a piece of yourself and you, you're protective of that. And that it's tough in, in these um, collaborative environments where 
like I said, Battles has never been, I've never been the guy as the writer, even though I, I have been that person in, in other environments. And that takes like, uh, to be that person and kind of be in a supplemental role takes a lot of patience and discipline. Uh, and so, I don't know. I just uh, want to let you guys know where I was at, <laughs> which was a, a very interesting place, but I think ultimately a, a healthy place. You know, um, and there's a lot of cool stuff coming with, with, with Bad Wolves, man. We're going to be touring through the rest of the year. And uh, we just we just dropped a song called The Body, which is weird. Like, it's being, like, pushed out like it's a single. It's not really a single. It's a kind of a deep a deep cut. I always thought it was, like, a deep cut. But we just had an extra song. We're doing this EP for the Sacred Kiss single. That's going to be the actual single. Uh, it's going to be going to radio, which is the opening track from the last record. And there's a, a two B-sides on there. Uh, one of which I think is better than the body. So it's kind of, I don't know. I don't always get to choose these things. But I, I like the body, but uh, I, like, I like some of these other songs even more. And I think it's like a, an alternate version of Sacred Kiss. There's some cool stuff on the EP. So lots of touring and uh, we're, we're working on new music. So that's that's fun. Alrighty. Uh, we have a couple show sponsors this week because you know, that's just that's how it goes sometimes. And this this is a band called Mother Mercury, and they actually sponsored uh, the show months ago, months and months ago. But the the song wasn't ready, and it finally is. So I'm I'm you know was holding a slot for them. So I'm finally glad that, uh, we got to uh, play their song. This track is entitled "Run" by Mother Mercury. Keep on paying 
So you just heard Mother Mercury with their brand new track entitled Run, and they are from Las Vegas, where I currently am, and I, I enjoyed that song. It had some proggy elements to it. I, I really enjoy that singer. Uh, she has like kind of a, a soulful rock thing happening that is, that is really uh, enjoyable to listen to. Uh, the band features uh, former Third Strike guitarist Eric Carlson as the primary primary songwriter and producer. Uh, I saw Third Strike at, I want to say, OzFest 2001. They were like a shortly lived uh, rap rock band from back in the day. Um, they were cool. And this band has played the last two iterations of Psycho uh, Festival. Isn't it Psycho something? I feel like that's not the full title of the festival. Anyway, the Psycho Festival in in, in Vegas. And uh, the single is one of a series of singles they'll be releasing throughout the rest of the year. I looked up on Spotify and they do have an EP from 2018 uh, entitled Rain. Uh, check that out. And if you want to check the band out, go over to their Facebook page, Mother Mercury Music, uh, or Facebook.com, excuse me, backslash Mother Mother Mercury Music, or their website, which is MotherMercuryMusic.com. All right, check them out. Really appreciate them uh, sponsoring the show, especially after such a long wait. I appreciate that. And our second sponsor is from a band from the Netherlands called Lovell's Blade. That took me a few times to say properly. And uh, yeah, they are really, really cool. And this track is entitled Running Out of Time. Check it out.
So there you have it. That was Lovell's Blade with their new track, Running Out of Time. That was a lot of fun. It was like power rock. You know, it's almost like some Thin Lizzy meets some like Hagar era Van Halen with some, uh, you know, European flair. But that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that track. And uh, yeah, these guys started in 2016 from the ashes of a band called picture a dutch metal band and they've released three albums uh but their latest album deadly nightshade just came out in march of this year and they do everything on their own the writing recording artwork photography you name it and their music videos which is badass you know they're self-sufficient and uh the guys from the band come from bands like picture which i mentioned god dethroned who actually god forbid toured with back in 2005 with the haunted uh great guys detonation emergency and Nembryonic, that's a metal name. Uh, this album was released through No Dust Records. You can go check it out at nodustrecords.com from the Netherlands. If you're in Europe, if you're in USA, it's available through Animated Insanity Records and animatedinsanityrecords.com. Check it out. There's black vinyl, CDs, tapes. Damn, they're doing tapes. Uh, if you'd like to uh, support the band, please go over to their Bandcamp, which is levelsblade.bandcamp.com or their website, levelsblade.com. Dot info and that's spelled L O V E L L S blade. Um, I guess it's officially in the actual title is with a an apostrophe, but there's no apostrophe when you're obviously typing it into your web browser. So thank you so much to Mike uh, Ferguson from the band and that band for sponsoring this show. That was a lot of fun. I, I wish them all the luck in the world. And if you'd like to sponsor a show, shoot me an email at the X Man Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I think it might be a couple week wait, but we can probably get you on. Anyway, with all that done, sorry for the long intro. It happens. Um, and, you know, I'm recording this in this room and I don't, there's like a loud air conditioner. I, hopefully it's not too loud on, on the recording. I have some technology to, to, to lessen it, but I hope hopefully it just sounds normal. But, uh, yes, we have the almighty, legendary Max Cavalera on this show and he needs no introduction. Sepultura, Soulfly, Nail Bomb, Killer Be Killed. I got no notes. I, you you know you know Max Cavalier. He is he is he is one of the, the metal gods, obviously. Uh, big influence on me, and the opportunity uh, came to speak with him. Of course, I jumped right at it. Uh, just just a fair warning. We get cut off a little bit near the end, and that's because I was only supposed to have a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Which I knew, but sometimes uh, you get an interview and I'll ask, hey, I think our time's up. And then the person will go, hey, they'll go, hey, you know, we're fine. Let's just keep going. So usually I go until someone cuts me off and I, I got a little yelled at, at at the end. But as they say in life, it is better to ask uh, for forgiveness and not permission. So I apologize, but. I got about an extra 10 minutes in this, so I'll take it when I can get, when I can get it. And, uh, and Max was just uh, really incredible on here. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So here, check out my conversation with the legendary Mr. Max Cavalera. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time to be on the show. Of course, yeah, everything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 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 busy as as all hell. I was, I was actually at your show in LA uh, a a couple weeks ago. It was incre it was incredible. 
yeah, that was a fun tour. That was like, that was a real, uh, real exciting. Uh, playing the old stuff felt felt like uh, back in the day. You know, like felt like uh, felt like the nineties, man, all <laughs> over again. It was incredible. Uh, really cool, really well, cool tour. Well, what what stood out to me, uh, not only just seeing you guys, was the crowd, right? So I remember like pulling up, and you know. It's like it's it's LA, so so you got you got you got the Mexicans are coming out, you know they're you know they're geared up, they got their they got their battle vests, they're pre gaming, yeah. they're so excited, um, and it was probably one of the crazier crowds I had seen in a while in terms of just people in the pit and the just the intensity. Was it like that the whole tour? Pretty much, man. It was a it was a it was a fucking. Um, I mean the the the, the Maryland Death Fest was incredible because that was one of the coolest experiences because we didn't have that much time they, they gave us like i think like 50 minutes yeah and we had to put two records in in 50 minutes it was like okay we, we cannot do that uh you're playing uh, twice as fast <laughs> that that's what happened so igor played super fast and i didn't <laughs> talk to the crowd so it was like this was was a pure savagery man it was like fucking savage no talk <laughs> fucking just like have you ever seen the Ramones back in the day? I ne I never did. I'm I'm only 41, so they probably were were broken right. up by the time I was uh, going to shows. Right. So the Ramones, there's videos of it, and we we got to tour with them. The Ramones used to do that shit, man. They'll fucking go for like 45 minutes, song after song, without talk. There's no hey, how you guys doing? What's up? No. It's like <laughs> one, two, three, four. Da, 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 what your dream of? No, 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 no. That's right. It's, what you don't—it's incredible when you do it right like that. It's something happens, and and that was our Maryland Death Fest experience. After the show, people were just like, "What the fuck did I just witness? What the fuck was that? That was insane. This is like, it was like, it was like band guys. That's what was cool. It was like all people from bands telling us how great the show was, you know, and and uh, so yeah, it was it was a. Uh, but definitely that that when you talk about the the fans coming out in hordes, uh, we didn't knew that this uh, no, nostalgic feeling for those records was that strong until we did the tour and we actually like witness how much people actually fucking love this era. <laughs> you know, it's, this is an era of metal that a lot of people really love and they, they want to hear it right, and maybe it has something to do with the pandemic, uh, people being pent up and. You know, anxiety, sure. anger, those songs are perfect for that. Like, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But most of the shows felt a lot like the, the L.A. show. Almost on an every night basis was always, like, really, really cool reaction. Uh, people loving the shows. And, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was an exciting tour to be part of it, for sure. Because um, I love playing with, uh, with my brother. But... Uh, also, Danny did great on the guitar, you know. Uh, so who's he, who's who's Danny? I didn't I didn't uh, know him, but he he I, he played great. He he did this. He did all the the solos and stuff. So, so he played yeah. Them perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny's from mostly plays with Possessed. He's okay. A possessed guitar player. Also plays with Gruesome. Okay. But uh, we were trying to find somebody that was knowledgeable of this music, that knew about these records, like the palm of your hand. 
Like you, you, you know this shit. You know every single note of this stuff, and you play it right. You play it perfect, and uh, and he's a he's a real real good guy, really cool guy, and he looks awesome too. You know, so and uh, yeah, for the first time, I had me me Mike and uh, me Mike and Dan. We all had hair. The three of us. There's a lot of hair going on. <laughs> I know, except man. for Eagle. It's old school. It just it definitely felt very very old school, and in, in, you know myself and so many people. I think we we grew up on these records, and you you know how music is, right? Things go in cycles, you know, in terms of things being popular and then it goes out of style, comes back in style. It's it's interesting because you know the band Power Trip. I remember when they came out. To me, that's what they sounded like. It sounded like oh, this is a you know a rise era like Sepultura type of band and they blew up which tells you like people were were pining for that kind of classic uh sound i have a question what is it called is it cavalera conspiracy is it the cavaleras is it max and igor cavalera is there a, I, i've seen different things like what what is actually the, the band is called we don't have a name <laughs> a band with no name a band with no name i love it i love it but why um why not use the cavalera conspiracy moniker is there like legal stuff with that or nah i mean what ended up happening we somebody created the the cavalera font with the old school sepultura font yeah. and it looked badass and <laughs> we loved it we're like dude that's fucking killer i love that so we put that on a shirt and it looked like an old school shirt. And it was like, let's roll with that, man. That's, that looks cool. Um, it worked for Van Halen, right? Yeah. And it's like, really, those, those, these tours, they don't really have a name. I mean, Return to Roots was called Made More Sense. This one was called, it's like, it was kind of funny. I, when I first heard it, I was like, what, really? So it's called Return Beneath Arise, which is really wrong english right <laughs> uh, doesn't really make sense but we had to call it something so return beneath right so i mean when we do chaos we, it could be chaos returns you know you can do something like that that was gonna be my um, next my, my, my next question because chaos id is my favorite album um you know there's there's just something special about that so that is in the plans yeah yeah so yeah, the, the, eventually we like to do all, most of them or all of them is possible. Uh, you know, we can always, the, I'm excited for, for two in particular. Uh, of course, the early stuff, because it's the rawest form of black metal um, with the, you know, the, the very, very early things like Bestial and Morbid. And then of course, Chaos AD was definitely a groundbreaking record for a lot of people, for influence many many bands many people still today i think that ksd was a lesson in in as, as far as us um learning how to make a record with andy wallace producing which was a an amazing producer um so that was that's gonna be like like a like a, a cool one but i'm i'm kind of learning to really enjoy working with people i i like you know so to, to specifically the, the the best thing was the the, the soulfly record with totem working with arthur arthur was the you know he he recorded power trip Nightmare okay. Logic, you know so he's the responsible pretty much he's the secret weapon 
behind Power Trip's uh, sound record. Yeah, the sound. You know, he, tone. He, he's responsible for that. So I was like intrigued by that, and I was like, I like Arthur a lot. We we like a lot of the same music. We talk a lot about have the same styles that we like, and he is able to get stuff out of me that I normally cannot do it on my own. You know, it's like therapy, you know, you go to therapy to talk to somebody because it doesn't come out of you naturally, but the therapists know how to get that out of you. You know, yeah. you pull all the fucking right chords, push the, all the right buttons, the fucking shit comes out. Uh, so that's how I was working with Arthur on Totem. It was an incredible fucking experience, man. What a, what a, what an amazing uh, thing, like making a record that is done today that has a, a soul and a spirit that came from 89, but has a savagery of early days, but with the sound of right now, because you have the best guitar sound you can have, you have the best drum sound you can have. Um, so you have that, you, you, you put that together with experience and together with crazy ideas that we all had in the studio you get a fun record. I think Totem is going to be fun. Um, in fact, it's the um, probably like the, the the closest thing to early stuff that I've done in a long time uh, is actually Totem. You know, it's like the really, really a throwback, especially the side A. If, you, if we're going to talk old school, let's talk vinyl. So side A is a killer. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we play live, I think we should just do start a show play side a like non-stop play the whole <laughs> side a um of course the digital people are like what the fuck is talking about side a what is, what hey, is this guy vinyls about? vinyls back all right vinyls <laughs> back people are pe people yeah. line up I, I'm, old, I'm old school man i mean like have a phone but uh fucking <laughs> you're um, lucky you know, you're lucky i, I, I look at record like side a side b you know that type shit <laughs> what did you guys have a a lead guitar player for this record or did you just do it as a three-piece no, so what we did was really uh, was really interesting. Was was uh, I, I was very very into Arthur's band. They're called Eternal Champion. Yeah, right, he plays in two bands: Eternal Champion and Summerlands. They're very heavy metal, man. Purist, you know, traditional. I'm talking Angel Witch ah! shit. Yeah, <laughs> fucking full on. Yeah. But the solos are fucking amazing. Like the solos are like Randy Rhodes shit, you yeah. know? So so I was like, dude, those Randy Rhodes solos on a Soulfly record would be fucking epic, Arthur. Can you make it happen? And uh, so him with his uh, guitar player called John Powers is a guy that plays with, with uh, Eternal Champion. They did the mostly majority of the solos on the record, but just the two of them. On the last track, Spirit Animal, we have Chris from Power Trip playing uh, solos. Okay. And, and Chris is a great uh, instrumentalist. He plays everything, you know. Uh, I love Mammoth Grinder, like the side project he has. It's fucking killer. And and he's a shredder. He can fucking shred. Yeah. So, so uh, Arthur knows him from making the power trip records and yep here there's a track man go fucking nuts on it go you know do your thing um so he did that and and to me what feels really cool about totem is actually because of that because of that uh the old school randy Rhodes guitar style of, of solo 
on a on an album that's more '90s death trash felt really cool, man. And uh, I think it felt different, fresh. Uh, we needed that, and uh, you know, we are actually using Dino Live right now as far as the touring is concerned. You know, we did uh, a tour early this year with Soulfly and we had Dino and everybody loves Dino and uh you, Yeah, I went to the whiskey I went to the whiskey show um and that's about as good as I think the band has ever sounded the tightest. I mean obviously his his tone You play that, right? What's that? Your band play, right? No, no, no. I was just there. I, no. I was just I was just hanging out. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was just I, I was just hanging out and um it just, you know, the whiskey, the sound there could be kind of hit or miss depending on which day. So I don't know who was doing your guys sound but it it sounded so heavy, man. It was amazing, you know. Yeah, I mean, mo a lot of it that is, is the Dino sound, man. That dude is uh, he's a wizard as far as chunky guitars. Exactly. I told you we should all we should go get uh, Chug Life tattoo in our bellies, you know, fucking because he he's got that Chug, that Fear Factory machine, fucking. One of, one of a kind, man. One of a kind. Yeah, his right hand is fucking incredible, man. I try to watch. I, I watch him warm up every every show. He'll he'll be playing Fear Factory songs uh, in a bus, and I'll be just in awe. Like, I'll be like a fucking like a teenager. Oh, this is so cool, you know. He's like, this is awesome. And keep doing, keep playing, you know. Um, but yeah, like his right hand is fucking insane, uh, and the sound he has that. A Dino sound that's very unique, original, and when we put that with Soulfly, it was kind of like a match made in heaven, man. It was it was perfect. Uh, so I think some some of the songs never sounded this brutal, um, like No Hope No Fear and Eye for an Eye, um, even like uh, Downstroy with the chugging in the end. It was like fuck, <laughs> this is fucking sick, man. Like I was I was really excited when Dino. Uh, joined to, to do the tours you know i was like total fucking i'm a huge fear factory fan so um to me it was like one of my um you know bucket list type things get to get to jam with dino and that um that kind of gave an idea that it might be kind of cool to do more shit like that with soulfly so maybe for the future tours we just get together with people that we like from other bands or some guitar players that are kicking ass and we can just do that and the fans love it we fucking get get just to, to play with some really cool person and and the song sounds amazing you know so uh yeah i think we're gonna continue on that that idea but uh we have a show in japan in august and uh, dino is doing that with us so that awesome. should be cool Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. 
So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Well, I have a question about, about your your gear, How, you know, because there's you have a sound you know, that, you know, it's fairly been fairly consistent uh, through the years, even though there's, you know, differences between the records and all that. Have you been using the same like amp and like, you know, pedal combination or do you kind of like flow with the times? I'm being a PV guy for 30 years. Really? So what, so what, yeah. which, which amp though? You, you Some different amps or the same one? Mostly 6505. I'm, okay. Uh, okay. I'm a huge fan of, of the 6505s. I, it's like we figure out a way that just sounds good all the time. And PV has been really good to me. They, they, they give me a, you know, a lot of cool gear through the years. And I met, um, I met Mary PV, the owner, you know, it was cool. It was like a NAM show a couple years ago. She's this like real nice old lady. And, uh, Kind of knew who I was a little bit, you know. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. She's Mary Peavy, man. Fucking, you know, Van Halen shit, you know. Any pet? Uh, do you use any pedals, or is it just just the amp? I have three pedals that is part of my old school collection that I have since probably around around the roots days. Was when I when I first bought it. Uh, so it's a it's a flanger. Uh, out of what I don't think they make that anymore. It's a yeah. it's a boss out of what, and uh, my sound man fucking hates it because when you hit that thing, it's, it's louder than anything. It's like <laughs> it's, it's like killing a fucking killing a rat on a stage. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's obnoxious. It's an obnoxious machine, and uh, so and then I have a, like a like a little. Um, it's a uh, it's it's. Uh, phaser that sometimes does really weird space 
type sounds. I use a little bit, not much. Yeah. But most of the street, that's all the, the that's all the things I need. I don't mostly the meat potatoes from the 6505. And that's and all the, I need, man. And the know? hands, it comes from the hands, right? It does, man. You know, um it's all about how you want it, how you 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 feel the song and you play and and it really like I, I don't know, um especially for if you're playing if you're playing the stuff like we're, we're doing uh, Arise and Believe the Remains, it's all E, right? You're all E standard. Yeah. There's no drop tuning involved. Uh, drop tuning is kind of a cheating way to get heavier. Uh, you're cheating a little bit because you're getting lower and, and heavier. There's something about the E standard tune that's fucking cool like that's why well it's the punch it's it's the punchiest sound it like it it right. cuts through the best the bass actually sits in this place it's supposed to sit and it's you're just gonna have so much more clarity and i feel like the guitars were built for that tuning so they just set it sounds the most like like powerful and, and punchy and then you gotta then like you said you gotta write heavy parts for that tuning to make it sound heavy and it's all about what you're doing as like composers yeah yeah so so that's why you know slayer stuff most of it is e standard e flat slayers yeah. e, e flat e flat right and then you know power trip was all standard e. yeah, and, I and i think when you do when so what what kind of what i noticed on the arise um beneath tour um Besides the fact that Igor is playing everything three times faster, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I joke and I say, "Why did we even practice with the album? Stupid! <laughs> like you playing the shit like fucking. You just drink ten Red Bulls in a row and you're fucking going <laughs> off, man. You you taking off. Uh, but what I noticed that yeah, e the e guitars. You're right. It cuts through. It fucking cuts right sharp, man. When you, and if you do it tight, you know, because we, we, we were trying to get as tight as we could on that tour. It was kind of ridiculous. Like, I was I was joking, like, we got to have be mosquito ass tight, <laughs> you know, fucking everything like in between those tights, like silence, like nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, we, we did it pretty good. I think on that tour, it was like we reached a, a good amount of, of tightness. Um, yeah, I, but, I thought it was extremely tight. Yeah, yeah. We I think we we by the time we hit LA, the earliest stuff, the first shows were were a little bit, yeah, just the yeah. beginning, you know, just yeah. getting the rust out. But sure. Um, but yeah, I love it. I mean, I love I love low tuning too, man. I love B. You know, like I, in fact, a lot of my, a lot of the the, the death metal that's done right now, um, it's all tuned to B. Stuff like two hundred stab wounds and on death you know i talk to those cats and they're all like yeah b we do we all tune b fucking caveman shit you know yeah it's like car um, carcass at the gates they're in b yeah you get that fucking heavy metal to be sounding fucking uh you get a you get a heaviness out of it so i, I i'm i'm conflicted between which one I like more? I, I don't know. I, sometimes I like B more. I think it's like heavier. Yeah. But then you do a show like Beneath the Remains and that shit sounds fucking sharp and and super tight and it, it, I, I don't know. It's it's it depends. I think it depends on 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 what record you're playing. Too, sure. You know, it's well, uh, 
it's good for those records and it's 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 good for the carcass kind of stuff for the for the heavy parts i, I like i like all i think this is like the, the cool thing about guitars it's like no rules just try everything man you know try different tunings try pedals try that's what i like the guy from youtube he said that uh somebody asked me if he thought that that you know using pedals was like cheating in in, uh, in making music and he said no man it's, it's actually it's a tool you know it's actually a tool that you put on your sound if you can get something cool on a pedal why not you put that on a record if you got something that came out of a pedal that makes a cool sound use it man uh i love that you know so the more different stuff you can get even that band torch have you ever heard that band torch yeah i saw them at a um orion festival metallica's festival in new jersey right yeah so they're really cool like the thing they do with the with the low string it's yeah like i don't a, even know what that is i was like i was trying to figure out what the hell that was i was like what i'm sure there's sound? a name for it we just we're just lame we just don't know the name of it but <laughs> i'm sure there's a, i'm sure there's a name but you know the low string blah, 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 blah. yeah <laughs> i was like what is i couldn't i couldn't figure it out but it was it was it's fucking it was cool man i love when people yeah you gotta have you know I'm, I'm i'm the same way i i you can't see right here on my floor i have a ton of pedals i'm always trying things and i love just getting different sounds because it's part of your creative expression you know and i some of my favorite guitar players are great with guitar effects i just had a question about your playing specifically because you know there was all these evolutions right from the old stuff that you know, it was, it was almost death metal and then the super thrash, then chaosity with the groove metal and hardcore. And then, and then roots is kind of more new metal and some of the early, uh, soul fly stuff, which is almost like the more new metal groove stuff is almost not that it's supposed to be loose, but it's a different feeling. Was there like yeah. a process of when you're going back and playing this beneath the remains or eyes stuff with like just your chops and getting the speed and kind of the tightness of the right hand, was that something you had to work on or you continue to work on? Or is that something that you kind of, cause I mean, the last, I mean, Soulfly for at least the last 10 years has been kind of back to doing the thrash stuff. So is it, or are you already kind of locked in with that? Yeah. It's a bit like, like riding a bicycle, uh, as far as, as far as guitar yeah. it goes, I, I, I it, if I start playing thrash, triplets chugging stuff comes naturally feels yeah. very naturally but there is something cool about the minimalistic new metal uh riffs yeah. i really like it i really i was really uh you know listen to a lot of the, the you know when the first corn drop was great you know like they had a lot of that like the riffs were simple uh almost like in a way you, you can actually trace it back i think the feeling that you get from the the, the corn record um is almost like back to caveman riffs <laughs> they're actually more simple than yeah. thrash riffs yeah thrash yeah. riffs are more intricate you know they're more sure. like difficult to play and and uh new metal kind of riffs are a little easier loose just kind of open bam, bam, boom, boom. you know it's like it's fun I, I like i like all of it uh uh to me, it was like when when that style came, 
I remember listening to Head PE. I really liked the Head PE record. And and of course, Deftones was a huge one. Sure. Um, I love Stefan's uh, sound and riffs still today. It's great, right? Um, and I, I think Adrenaline to me, one of my favorite records of all time. Still, Absolutely. Still today, around the fur, too. It's like fucking masterpiece, man. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the same can be said to the early trash stuff you know I, who doesn't like raining blood or, or who, who you know who doesn't like uh especially to me as a fan the old uh, the old morbid angel entombed those records for to me it's pure magic you know on, on some of those riffs um it's just i tell you what man being a guitar player is all about it's all about the uh the excitement of the journey and I, i'm I'm a, I'm a blessed person that i got to be part of different music movements through my life i think it's great i would have rather have that than if i was just locked in in the same movement forever like if i was only playing uh you know just trash my whole life to me that would have been a bit boring and i got to experiment black metal trash metal death metal groove metal industrial metal yeah tribal metal you know all kinds of fuck fuck what metal you know like whatever name you yeah. give or even like something like k- k- killer killer be, killer be killed which i think is even doing something even different which is combining some like rock elements in there and some more yeah. like melodic melodic playing is that kind of interesting where in a band like that where you sing obviously sometimes but a lot of times you're just playing is that is that fun to just kind of sit back and and kind of watch these other other guys sing for a little bit and you can just be a guitar player for a well, minute yeah, I mean, Killer Be Killed, the first record, I play like 90, 95% of the guitar, the whole record, yeah. like all the rhythm. You know, we had a guy come and do solos, uh, but I did all the rhythm. And and I remember the producer was like blown away, like how, how tight the rhythms were, you know? And, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm a rhythm player, man. You know, that's why I, this is my, my bread and butter, you know? This is what I do, man, yeah. with four <laughs> strings, you know? This, this is my thing. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more challenging in, in, I, I push myself a little further on killer BQ because I, I write more melodic riffs that the guys can sing. Cause I know Troy's got a great voice and Greg's got a great voice. Yeah. They can, those motherfuckers can sing, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so there's a challenge to make not pop, but real cool melodic hooks. So that was like the, the last record, I think, uh, um uh something hero um i forgot i i have so many records <laughs> I, I forget the names of it i know uh, I, don't, I don't know how you, i don't know how, how how you do it you know it's like yeah, yeah man uh, but uh, it, it's it's fun it's fun to push yourself like that and and actually like i get to write so and sometimes they come to me and they're like man we need one of those one of your old school max rips you know greg will be like we need one of those you know reapers man give me one of those fucking triplets so that was the case on the first song uh self-destruction deconstruct self-destruct starts with a triplet turn 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 and i haven't done that in a while you know i think last time i did uh something like that was a downstroy on soulfly you know yeah so i was like yeah you guys you guys want want someone yeah i got yeah check this out you know and they were like yeah this is so cool man you know so yeah, I love I love the the challenge and uh, and on the same record I end up 
writing real melodic stuff like uh, um, there's a song uh, it, it was uh, it was it was a bit of a a throwback uh, to like mel real melodic so it's clean guitar so I was actually jamming on acoustic it's mm -hmm. it's the last song on the record Reluctant Hero that's the name of the record yeah but uh, it's the the song Reluctant Hero I wrote the uh, the two main uh, riffs of that, and they're, it's, they're beautiful, man. And uh, I really, I could probably use them on Soulfly as an instrumental, but to hear them with somebody singing, really cool in it, and uh, you know, it's it's and the song is about cancer, like losing a loved one. It was it was beautiful, man. It was cool to watch that develop into that. So yeah, it kind of pushed me to be out of my comfort zone sometimes. Like I gotta write more melodic riffs and uh and that's fun that's good that i don't get to do a lot of that on soulfly or or cavalera it's more fucking uh, you know trash stuff but uh you, i really enjoy killer because i hope we do more stuff with that do you think you'll be able to do like our full tour i mean yeah, the schedule is crazy yeah we hope so like uh, we have enough material now to to headline you know the two record we work on on the third one next year uh, hopefully you, we can get something going how do you guys write for that considering everyone is so busy do you just show up in the studio and just write kind of in in the room or is it or are you guys like sending riffs around kind of doing stuff like that like uh remotely no no we don't use much of that what they call it uh files you know <laughs> I, I don't have, i don't have file i don't send <laughs> files out <laughs> No file with Max Cavalera. If I'm going to send you something, it's going to be on a CD, motherfucker. There you go. And it's going to have music on a CD. Hope you, know? hope you got but, a CD player somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to get buy one. <laughs> anyway, uh, now with Killer BQ, we did jams. We, 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 we jam. That's it's a like, very jammy band. That's awesome. And what we do is the guys come here, mostly to, to Arizona. I have a jam pad. Um, and we all just jammed different sessions through the year. I think we did, for Reluctant Hero, we did four sections in four different times. Yeah. And every time we came, we had more material, more material. And then we just bring all that to the studio. Um, but yeah, we don't really do file sharing and no, I love, no, I love, I love that because no, no. that's you know that's that's old school, you know, and I'm you know I, that's how I started, and you know a lot of stuff with the band I'm in now, Bad Wolves, is like very you know we using computers and stuff like that, and I I miss I miss that just getting in the room and and kind of just letting things fly because you're always gonna f go places you would never think of, you know, and you you kind of especially when the band has chemistry, right, like this thing inspires that thing. And next thing you know, you're on some, some journey you can't really anticipate. Yeah. And the cool thing, like you, you, you can have like, like Greg will have like a riff and he'll be doing, and and I'll, I'll play his riff, but I'll play a little different. And, and he'll be like, dude, I like more like the way you playing. Yeah. Um, let's do the riff like you're doing, even though it's my riff, but you're doing it with a little thing in the end. that sounds a little cooler. And uh, and the same goes with with uh, with with some of the other you know everybody throws a little bit on the pot you know Troy I, I was really encouraging and and pushing for Troy to write more like I wanted to hear more of the prog side of of, of, of Troy come out on the record and we did you know it was cool uh, and 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 uh, 
it, it, there was a, there was a song left to center that's full on mastodon man i was like yeah fuck yeah i love it you know <laughs> as a fan you know i get to play with a guy that i'm a, I'm a mastodon fan and, uh, but you're right if you were file sharing doing it digitally you would lose all that you you would not have you'll be just like the riff sending the riff the guy gets the riff and then that's end of story you know um if you're in a jam room with them on a garage or whatever, much more organic, you know, it flows sure. so much better. And it's for this kind of music, it's super important to to stay like that. You know, it's it's, it's much cooler. Sure. Um, so uh, the drummer of Bad Wolves, also formerly of Devil Driver, John Berklin, very huge Sepultura, Soulfly Max fan. He had a couple questions. So I always have to ask him anytime I, I have one of his favorite people on, on the show. So he asked All one right. question. Why was Chaos AD recorded in England? That was the producer's uh, idea. Yeah. So is Andy, Andy Wallace, Wallace, is he from England or is he American? No, no, no. He's from Jersey. Yeah. Oh, he's, shit. Uh, I didn't even know that. I'm from Jersey. Yeah, he's from Jersey. He's, he lives in the back, you know, of, farmland um he he knew of the studio called rockfield it's a legendary studio there's like documentaries about it uh queen recorded there and black sabbath david bowie you know it's it's a huge uh famous place in fact when we got there the owner goes oh max this is your cabin the, this is robert plant's cabin back in the day i was like oh Thank you very much, man. Like, oh shit, fuck yeah, you know. Tried to hold my cool. Um, you know, I was looking in the walls see if Robert Plant wrote anything on the walls, but he didn't, you know. <laughs> but it was it's a it was a cool studio. It's an old, old uh, kind of chalet in the middle of Wales. It's actually not even England, it's Wales. Okay. Uh, you know, it's like Oh yeah, we can't we can't say it. you get in trouble. You might get punched upside the head if you call right. Yeah, Wales, yeah. Say Wales, so. United uh, Kingdom. Yeah, Recording the United it, Kingdom. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, it was a cool idea, um, and I I think I credit the the vibe, the sound, the experience of recording in in uh, in the in the UK uh, is the result of KZD being actually different from the other records because yeah. of that. No, I think that's cool. I think sometimes you need to do that as a musician. Just do something different. Go somewhere different and and uh, to try to reinvent yourself in a little bit, you know? You guys recorded the uh, Symptom of the Universe cover during those sessions, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it was the... So I'm, I'm in this band called the, uh, the Wedding Band with Rob and Kirk from Metallica, and we play Symptoms of the Universe, and I... I do this little tribute to you, like at the beginning of the song, I'll do the <laughs> even though I, I went back and listened to the record and you don't do it on the record, but in right. my mind, I like almost naturally hear you doing that. So I always do that just as a shout out because that's like one of my favorite covers ever. That you guys did that so incredibly well. Gets me Thank up. you, man. That that was that was fun. It was it was a uh, Black Sabbath was actually across the road, like one of my Bio from us they're recording something I, I don't know like 95 i gotta check which record they were doing but we end up going there we walk there and and they were there was only like uh like a crew guy they were out eating lunch somewhere 
And the crew guys, like, you guys want to walk around the studio? It's like, fuck yeah, Black Sabbath studio. <laughs> so we walk around and I stole some Tonayomi's picks. <laughs> I was like, dude, there's, there's Tonayomi's picks laying hey. on the table. Hey, there, put there's, in my pocket. there's riffs in those picks, all right? You got to get yeah. that. That's where the, that, that, there's that's magic, magic power, magic ex- power on the picks. It's like exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so, so, and then we had the idea to. Uh, well, they 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 asked us to do a song for Nativity in Black, the, the Black Sabbath compilation, and I was the one I picked. Symptom, that's my favorite Tonayomi riff of all time. To me, that riff is the most evil of all riffs. You know, you guys like, ever play it live? We did a couple times, yeah, yeah, yeah back in the day, yeah. <clears throat> it's a, it's a great song. It's just a killer. Sabotage is actually my favorite Sabbath record. Uh, I, I I heard being described as the first prog metal record, but uh, it's definitely my favorite one. Yeah, they started They started prog. Um, he had one more, so John had one more question. He said, Igor has stated that he was nervous during the recording of Roots and that it wasn't coming together well. Did you feel that way too? Uh, nah, I, I, to me it sounded exciting. You know, it was cool, it was like, um, we had a really, really uh, enthusiastic producer in, in Ross, and we were uh, experimenting with low tuning. It was kind of cool to hear the, the Sepultura sounds with low tuning and, and just felt so heavy and so brutal. And uh, I think the end, having Andy mix the record also, it just put a cherry on the top, you know, because the actual, uh, the, the, the rough cuts, they sounded bad. And Andy made <laughs> It clean up the, the poo, you know, it was like polish a third, you know, it was like, it's cool, man, because it sounded really shitty. And then anyone <laughs> made it sound fucking great. Uh, but it was on purpose, you know, like that, not, not sound shitty, but raw, you know, like just yeah. really raw. But yeah, yeah it was, uh, I, I wasn't, I, I don't know if uh, notice Igor being nervous, but I, I was just really enjoying the, the whole, the whole process. You guys, I really appreciate it. You have a great day, and thanks again for your time, all right? All right, man. Good to see you. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye.
So that was Soulfly with their the opening track from their forthcoming album. The song is entitled Superstition, and the album is called Totem. Did I say the album twice? I don't know. <laughs> Just turning in some uh, meager broadcasting skills here. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Again, I apologize for it getting cut off, but... I probably could have talked to Max for like two hours because he just seems like the type of person who just, he loves uh, delving into the stuff and getting into the weeds and uh, just the whole the whole thing. So I feel like you can just, if I just kept asking questions, I think he would he would, he would keep going. So the, the amount I got, I, I really appreciate. And yeah, that was just absolutely badass. But listening back, I was like, man, I must have been a little nervous. Because I'd say about half of that inter- interview, I was a stumbling, stuttering, mumbling prick. I was just so... <laughs> I was like, uh, 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 Max, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, and it happens, all right? You know, uh, you know, as they say, don't meet your heroes. I say I'm lucky enough to be able to meet some of my heroes. And it's a it's a funny thing, right? Because in, <laughs> you know, in in many ways, I have like this uh, underdog rooting for, you know, the other Sepultura, you know, because it, it relates kind of to my situation. But, you know, I still love I still love Max Cavalera and I love all his bands and, and everything. And I, it's funny because I saw Sepultura um, at the Belasco Theater with uh was a crowbar and sacred reich and it was they were incredible and they killed it and then i saw max you know the cavaleras at the same venue not too long after both shows packed sold out and it's uh you know everyone wins i suppose you know except for the the reunion stuff and i and as you notice i didn't ask about any of that stuff because a i think there's a lot of that out of there and I don't know. There's nothing, you know, he's, he's kind of spoke to it. I think the other guys spoke to it. I'm sure they're sick of it. Um, you can, you can tune into Blabbermouth on any, any given day. And I'm sure you'll pretty much hear all that, all that stuff. So I, I just appreciate it. You know, it's definitely when I started this show, I, I certainly didn't think, uh, getting interviews like that would be pretty much, you know, uh, not handed to me, but, but definitely made very, very convenient. So, uh, Shout out to Chris and Torres. Badass. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, I have some cool interviews coming up. And tour, I guess I'm going to be leaving for the road. I'm not exactly sure which day, but some the week of like the 20th. So I, I don't have, I only have like a couple weeks, which I'll tell you, this shit sneaks up on you. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I have, to, I have to get done, but definitely going to do my best to stay consistent with the show. Uh, luckily, I have a couple banked. I'm going to try and get a couple more interviews before I have to leave. We'll see. So like I said, it's going to be busy because I basically have Bad Wolves prep, tour prep, and then, God forbid, rehearsals. I have like four different days. So I'm going to be busy. All right. And that's just that's how things go. But thank you so much for listening to the show. I love all you guys, and Mama's out.
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.